listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. You excited about the season we're in? You love the fact that we've got a year, we're declaring more? Come on, are you still reminded of that? You still got that alive in your spirit, a year of more? Someone say more. More. Uh, I got uh, something in my heart this morning that uh, God, I guess, started a, a number of months ago here, just in, in the middle of worship, uh, sort of downloading to me. And over months, it's taken just uh, focus and time and looking into it and pulling it apart. And I really got something that I want to share this morning. I pray it's going to encourage us and it's going to equip us uh, in a year of more, but then also in the everyday life that we have. See, it was... Uh, I was thinking about this thing of more, and I felt like God dropping my spirit. If you want more of my promise, then I need more of your praise. More praise equals more promise. And I know that I'm someone who generally will speak fast, and I get passionate, and I, I get loud, and all that kind of stuff, and I run around on the stage. But I'm not here to try and hype something up. I'm not trying to hear, because you can't hype God up anyway. Some people go, oh, they just try and hype God up. You can't make something bigger than that's already bigger than big. You know, like you can't hype God. You can only give direction and elevation to that, which is true. I'm not trying to hype anyone and I'm not trying to get too excited and I'm not trying to get all rah, rah. But the significance of praise is something that is pivotal in our lives. And I think for me, I hadn't realized just how important it was till like God started to unload this. And so I want to pray, and then I just want to get into this Word, and I pray that we just start getting some good God revelation for ourselves, which is going to be cool. Father, we honour You this morning. We thank You. We lift You up. Lord, we, we just thank You for Your presence that's here. Thank You for the freedom to be in a nation where we can come and exalt You, lift You up, worship freely, Lord. Declare how wonderful You are. Stand in the gap for others, believing for miracles. Father, we lift up Christina right now, Lord, Lala's beautiful daughter. Father, we pray healing to her body in Jesus' name. Father, we pray right now, Lord, for anyone in this room that finds themselves where their body's weary and their, 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 their season's changing and flus are happening. God, we just pray healing and protection over every person's life. Father, we continue to say, have your way today because we want to be people that live in your more. Lord, we want to be people that follow your ways, Lord, and live unto your word. And so we pray this in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise. 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 What does praise mean? Praise means to bless, to extol, to, to magnify, to lift up. It means to confess, right? It means to call into attention things to, unto His glory. To, to praise. The Bible over 250 times tells us and instructs us to praise the name of the Lord. 250 times tells us it's kind of pretty important, like something we should be aware of. Uh, and it's amazing if you read Psalm 148, and for time I can't read it this morning, but it basically gives context of where should we praise and who should praise. And I'm happy to report that there's nowhere on earth that we're not called to praise, and there's no one on earth that can get out of praising. Uh, it's like in the sanctuary. We should call the church the sanctuary. We've got to bring that one back. Uh, in the sanctuary, uh, it talks about on the mountaintop, on the valley. It talks about young and old. It says if you're the sun and the moon. Hello. Uh, what's amazing, though, is that actually NASA have recorded that in a vacuum void, which is space, where there is silence, they have actually been able to record that every planet has its own song. Isn't that amazing? Every planet has its own song, which I think is phenomenal. It says all of creation, sea creatures, praise, everything. 
that has breath, praise the Lord. If you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to go to Luke 19 because this is where I want to sort of base and just work from where God's put in my spirit. But it says this in verse 29, talking about Jesus entering in, uh, riding on a donkey as he goes towards the moment, which is a pivotal time, which is the, the right time for him to go and to be the, the once and all spotless lamb sacrifice for everyone, right? It's significant. It says this, as he approached Bethpage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. Some Bibles say donkey. King James says a different word, which no one has ever ridden. And then it uses this amazing word, untie it. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks of you, who, why are you untying it? Say that the Lord needs it. I feel like walking into a new, like into a surfboard store and just like grabbing an unridden little colt. And uh, excuse me, so what are you doing? The Lord needs it. I wonder if that would work at the Maserati store, you know? I mean, the Lord needs it, you know? Like, imagine if they replied, they were Christian, I said, yes, the Lord needs it, you know? Like, you would just be like, whatcha? Uh, so they replied, the Lord needs it. Uh, sorry, they went ahead and they found it just as it was told to them. And as they were untying the colt, the owner said to them, why are you untying it? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And then Jesus brought it. They brought it to Jesus and they threw their cloaks on the colt. And then they put Jesus on it. And as they went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. I love that picture because uh, in that time, in that day, the, the garments that people wore were what identified their role in society, it identified their position and identified their importance, it identified their value towards other people and what other people would think of them, their status, their stature. And here they are taking their cloaks off and laying it down as a foundation for Jesus to come on in. Saying it was less about me, it's less about us, it's all about Him. And I think that's a great picture of praise. <laughs> praise is not about God, heap it on me. No, it's about God, I take me out of the equation and I lay me down to lift you up. I love that. They're, they're taking this moment, they're getting palm branches and they're putting it down, creating a way for Jesus to come on in. When they came near to that place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, a, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. And they were obviously doing this with some gusto because then some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And then Jesus replies, I tell you, if they keep quiet, even the stones will cry out. What an amazing moment this would have been. What an incredible experience it would have been a part of to be, see people taking their jackets off and being like, yeah, take your jacket off, you know, like, and just lay it on down and just everybody in the noise and the praise. It would have been amazing. Like we have the uh, AFL grand final here uh, in Melbourne and I love it because we get a day off, but I also love it because thousands upon thousands of people full of, fill the streets and they cheer these teams on that haven't yet won the victory, but they're going to battle. And they're cheering and they're cheering and they're creating. It's an amazing arena. But here these guys are taking their garments off, laying it down. It's next level. It's, it's amazing. And Jesus is riding a donkey. The amazing thing is he's not riding a donkey because he can't walk. He's riding a donkey 
to fulfill a promise that was declared 800 years earlier in the book of Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. I'd like to present this thought this morning that Jesus was writing a promise, but what He came in on was praise. Jesus was riding a donkey, yes, but the donkey was to fill a promise. (laughs) Jesus was riding a promise, but what He came in on was praise. (laughs) In comes the promise, but before the promise was praise. (laughs) In comes that which has been declared hundreds of years earlier, but before that could take place, something had to be laid down. There had to be something of an elevation, of an extolling, of a, of a confession. There had to be something that glorified. And God has given us hundreds of years ago, thousands of promises, literally thousands of promises. And maybe what's waiting the promise to come into our life is that we got to lay down a foundation called praise. <laughs> and I want to call this morning, praising in the promise. Not praising in the fact that the promise has already happened. Thank you, Jesus. I'm talking about praising in, calling in, ushering in, unlocking, enabling, releasing, causing something that which isn't yet to be because we praise it into being. Praising in the promise. I love that. The walls of Jericho came down seven times on the seventh day after seven rounds. The trumpet blasted and what did they do? They praised and the promise of the walls to fall fell on the act of their praise. (laughs) In Judges, the Bible talks about this battle between the Israelites versus the Canaanites and they go to the God and they say, God, which tribe should go first? Which tribe should go to enable us to have victory, to enable us to triumph? And then God directs and says, send the tribe Judah before any other tribe. What does Judah mean? The meaning of the name Judah is praise. Send praise before anybody else and you watch the victory to take place. It's amazing. David goes to fight Goliath. We understand he throws a stone, but before he throws a stone, he commands praise. He starts talking about who his God is. He starts talking about what you've done as you haven't defiled just the armies of Israel. You defiled my God and my God is more than able. He starts to extol. He starts to magnify. He starts to confess who God is. And then he sends the stone and the promise is fulfilled. It's amazing. Later on, we understand that David gets down to his bondies, uh, you know, as the Ark of the Covenant's coming in. Here's the promise, the Ark of God coming into where it was directed to come. But before the Ark came, praise came. Dancing, singing, celebrating so much so that his wife is embarrassed and says, what are you doing? He's like, mate, I'll be even more undignified than this. Because I understand I'm bringing the promise, but before the promise comes the praise. And I'll praise however loud I need to. I'll praise with whatever passion I have to, to enable the promise to come in. I want to ask you, do you understand the power of your praise? (laughs) Do we understand the power of our praise? Isn't it incredible that salvation itself that takes place and can take place in the heart of every single person comes from a position of praise? It tells us in Romans 10 that if you believe in your heart, And confess with your mouth. The very confession of our mouth is to praise and to lift God up and to give Him the glorified place in our life. And at that point, salvation comes, freedom comes, forgiveness comes, hope comes, peace comes, joy comes. These are all promises we receive on the praise of our lips. Isn't that awesome? The Holy Spirit is uh, given direction uh, from God 
So Jesus gives direction of the Advocate, the Holy Spirit coming uh, after He is gone, right? And then we understand at the end of Matthew, He says, um, go into all the world, uh, baptise and all that kind of good stuff. But He says, before you go, stay. Then if you go to Luke 24, verse 53, the very last Scripture in the book of Luke, it says, as they stayed, they praised God. Then you flick a few days later to the upper room as they were all together in one place. What were they doing? Praising God. In comes the promise. The power of the Holy Spirit fills the room. Tongues of fire fall on everybody. They start to prophesy. Is it coincidence that they were in a position, they were in a posture of praise and then the promise came? I'm, God's like downloading to me saying, Craig, there is something more powerful you realise than you understand in the proclamation of your praise. It's not just to thank me once I've done something. Come on, it's to enable me to do something. There's a, something that happens in our life when we choose not to just thank God after it's done, but to declare it's going to be before it's even taken place. <laughs> What's amazing is verse 37, though, as we talk about this, is that they praised for what they had seen. It says they were there, they took their garments off, they praised for what they had seen. They praised post the promise of dead raising, blind eyes opening, food being multiplied, all that amazing stuff. And often this is the praise that we do. This is the praise that we have. And it's not a wrong praise, it's a good praise. There's actually um, a number of different words for praise and different types of praise. Not every praise is, you know, like... There's praise that is very still. There is praise that is very much in, in a place of just surrender and, and silence. Isn't that awesome to know? It's not located by personality. <laughs> come on, see, you say, oh, I actually come a couple minutes late because I can't handle the fast songs. Oh, man, like, it's not about two fast songs. <laughs> if our praise is limited to two fast songs, then unfortunately about 30% of us miss out on our weekly praise every single service. It's not about two fast songs. Now, I'm not giving you license to come late. I'm saying let's get here on time. But what I'm saying is that's not the enormity, nor is it the complete inclusion of praise. Praise is actually a lifestyle. Praise is something that we live with. Praise is something that flows out of who we are. But when He's blessed us, it's easy to praise. When the doctor's report comes back good, it's easy to praise. When our kids who are, seem away from God get more on fire for God, it's easy to praise at those moments. When the house sells for more than you bought it, it's easy to thank Jesus for that. But there's something the Bible talks about. He talks about this sacrifice of praise. <laughs> See, a sacrifice of praise is not something that you do out of easiness, out of something that just flows uh, off like, oh, it's nothing. No, no, a sacrifice of praise takes intentionality. A sacrifice of praise costs you something. A sacrifice of praise has to deny who you are and what's happening and choose to look to something bigger, something greater, something higher than what we currently see, know, and understand where we are right now. And I want to talk about that later, but I believe that God reveals that the enemy knew what they were actually doing was creating a pathway for what would be. I think the enemy actually knew. He actually knew what was happening. That's why he wanted to silence them. That's why he was going to try to get them to stop. Whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. Get them to stop, Jesus. Get them to stop. And Jesus says, no, no, no. If they were to even stop, the rocks would cry out because this promise is in the appointed moment and the appointed time. And this promise can't be fulfilled without praise going before it. So even if they stopped, all creation would start because praise has to go before the promise. And He brings this understanding and we understand that and we discover that, um, sorry, 
Uh, praising in the promise isn't waiting till after, but it's declaring prior. I think the enemy wants to do three things, and I want to move quickly enough to give us a bit of a moment at the end, but I think the enemy tries to do three things with us when it comes to our praise. If you're taking notes, if you're not, I'd really encourage you to do this. He will rob our praise because he knows it will remove our proximity. He will rob our praise because he knows it will remove our proximity. Psalm 22 says this, the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of His people. He inhabits the praises of His people. So the promise is is that God inhabits us. But the pathway to get His uh, inhabitants in our life is praise. So the promise is praise, but the path, sorry, the promise is God's presence, but the pathway is praise. So that's telling me that He occupies that which elevates Him. That which lifts him up. And God is joy. He is love. He is strength. He is peace. He is grace. He is truth. He is victory. He is triumph. So when we praise, we're enabling the fullness of His presence to come in. And when we enable the fullness of His presence to come, then we enable His, pre- His uh, promises to be outworked. And on the, pr- on the moment of His promises being outworked, we enable His purposes to be fulfilled. So when we praise, we enable His presence to come, yeah? yeah? You can't praise God and not feel a sense of uh, strength. You can't praise God and not feel a sense of security. You can't praise God and not find yourself elevated out of the depths of where you once were a few moments earlier. Because when we praise Him, His presence comes down. But if His presence is there, so are His promises. And when His promises are outworking, there is the purpose of God at work in our lives. So promise isn't just promise, promise is presence. Sorry, praise isn't just praise, it's presence. Praise is presence, which is promise, and promise equals purpose. If we want to get God's purpose outworking in our life, we've got to go back to praise so we can get His presence. And where His presence is, then there comes the promise. And when the promises are on flow, hello, here's purpose. But it starts with praise. I love it. He inhabits the praise of His people, which means we just got to praise. You don't feel God, praise. You can't hear God, praise. If you don't see Him, praise, because praise makes presence. Presence equals promise, and promise equals purpose. People say, well, what about the purpose or the promise? Man, so many P's if you're listening to this online. I'm tripping over my P self. He tells us that His mercies are new every morning. What a promise. You ever felt like you haven't, not getting His mercy new every morning? You ever felt like it's Groundhog Day? You feel like you're just going back round and round, same old, same old? As I was thinking about that, I thought, God... Your mercies are new every morning. I understand that as a truth. I understand that as a promise. But the same thing, I don't really feel it. He goes, well, I didn't feel your praise this morning either. I was like, noted. (laughs) Noted. Fair call. Fair call. Uh, Yep, got me on that one. And so often we're looking for the promise, but we're waiting. Come on, God. Come on. Where is the promise? Where's the promise? Where's the promise? And I think he's sometimes saying, come on. Where's the praise? (laughs) Where's the praise? Where's the praise? Where is the bit where you're going to enable me to do what only I can do because you're calling on me and relying on me and activating me? You're you're unlocking me because I've discovered that praise is the key. Praise is a key. A key gets us to somewhere that we couldn't get to because we're locked out. A key gets us into a new room. It gets us into a new place. It gets us into a new sphere. It enables us to go into a whole new realm, open something else up. I'm telling you, praise is a key. Praise unlocks stuff. Praise enables stuff. Praise just uh, gets you into a place where you couldn't get to before, but praise enables that. Praise unlocks that. 
It's an amazing thing. And I want to encourage you when you get your car keys every day, when you hear that sound, come on, when you go to unlock your post box, if anybody still has one of those things, come on, think praise. When you hear the little jingle, think praise. Think something that goes, you know what, praise. I've got to praise. I've got to keep praise. When you unlock your car, praise. You know, when you've got a proximity key, doesn't do that as much, but praise. Push praise. Get that engine started and get something going that enables God to take you somewhere. Praise is the key. Praise is the key. I love it, even leading into a legacy season, legacy offering over the next three Sundays. Um, you know, I know, I hope, and I know for many people, probably 30, 40% in the room have not been a part of one of our Miracle Sundays yet. Uh, a time where we get to talk about the vision and talk about us coming together in faith, hearing from God and being able to go with uh, something in our spirit and a response to give into God's church, to give into the vision, to enable it to extend, to see more people encounter the wonder of Jesus through tangible help, practical love, support. And I love it because... Um, this isn't a time of pressure. It's not a time of force. It's not a time where it's like, oh man, these guys are really trying to put the heat on us. No, no, no. Because the Bible tells us, do not give out a compulsion. Do not give out a force. Don't give out a manipulation. It tells us, but every person give what's decided in your heart to give. Because God loves a, He loves a cheerful giver which then takes the pressure of us feeling like there's any force or any pressure or any manipulation. We can come in going, man, God wants to do something through me that I'm going to be joyful about, that I'm actually going to be excited to contribute. I'm actually going to go, God, I really thank you for the honour of building your house like this. Wow, I can't wait to do this. And if you feel manipulated and pressured, what does it say, man? Don't do it. That's not God. God wants you to have a freedom. He wants there to be praise attached to that which you place in His hands. Come on, with your ties. sometimes there's times where we do and we feel like it's just going through the motions. Don't let your giving get all sour and just get, no, no, put praise amongst it. Come on, don't just throw something in a container. Don't just do it because you have to. Let there be a revelation. Come on, that we're praising God in this. We're honouring Him in this. We're exalting Him in this. And I want to tell you, it's going to change the dynamic of what takes place. The second thing the enemy would want to do is he wants to deny God's Word to prevent God's will. He wants to deny God's Word to prevent God's will. It dumbfounds me as God revealed this to me. It dumbfounds me that the Pharisees who were people who knew Scripture did not have a light switch, light bulb, burning bush moment in that time and actually realise, hang on a second, this Jesus guy is exactly who he says he is. For they knew the promises. They knew how the, the Saviour would come. They know all the Scripture. They could have been like, hang on. Here's a guy that was an unlikely figure, someone that we didn't expect, someone who did all these miraculous things. And all of a sudden they're riding a cult which was prophesied and declared and promised 800 years earlier. That could have been the moment that the light switch went on for them and they joined in and took their cloaks off and laid them down as well. But the enemy doesn't want you to get a hold of God's Word. He wants to nullify that. He wants to rob that so that you don't step into God's will. Isn't it amazing? This could have been the moment. That could have been the time that they realised that God's Word came alive in them to a whole new level. But instead, they wanted it to be something that would try and shut down, try and reduce, try and limit the wonder of Jesus in their life. I want to tell you that the enemy will try and rob God's Word to prevent God's will. 
Come on, don't be, don't be discouraged. Uh, don't, sorry, don't be discouraged. Don't be um, blindsided at the fact when you're going through a hard time, the enemy starts talking up. Don't praise. Got no reason to praise. There's no, like, keep them quiet, Jesus. Tell them to be quiet. They've got to be sombre in this moment. They've got to be in a place where they have lack. They've got to be in a place where they can't do anything. They can't step out in faith. They can't claim anything. They can't. He's trying to get you to shut down. But God's saying, no, 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 I'm not going to shut no one down. I'm not going to stop anyone praising right now. I'm going to say, come on, if they, we're going to praise even more because we understand God's Word. God's Word is bigger than our situation. God's Word is bigger than what we're facing. Come on, what are we, at the start of this year, being promised by God as in a year of more, but we're yet to see it take place. Come on, you've been promised something. You, you had the promise of expansion in your life. You had the promise of your marriage getting better. You had the promise of stepping into a new place of, of being able to help people and lead people and step into new... And it's just not happening yet. I want to ask you, are you still praising God for the promise He put in your heart in a year of more at the start of the year? Or has the situations and the circumstances started to rob your praise that you're now standing there going, come on, God, what are you doing here? Hasn't happened when I wanted it to happen. Haven't seen it how I thought it should happen. And all of a sudden, I'm in a discouraged place. I'm not in a extolling. I'm not in a confessing. I'm not in a lifting up place. I want to tell you that God's going to say to us, come on, don't look at the problem. Don't look at that and identify me to the problem. Allow me to be the solution in your problem. Lift up our perspectives, the Bible says. Look to the hills. Lift it up to where your help comes from. Don't let the enemy silence you. Come on, don't let him stop you from praising and declaring His Word over your life. doesn't matter what you see. It matters what He says. <laughs> Come on, it doesn't quite matter what you see. I'm not saying it's not important, not saying it's not hard, not saying it's not challenging, but don't let what you currently see determine what His Word says. Let His Word declare and direct what you see. The third thing is, is the enemy will get you to focus on the size of your problem rather than the size of your promise. The enemy will get you to focus on the size of your problem rather than the size of your promise. I want to declare, and I want us to hear it loud and clear, there is no problem that you and I will ever face that God doesn't already have a promise in His Word. (laughs) Come on, that we can't declare and start to build our lives on so that we can overcome that which right now is your problem. There is no problem (laughs) that you and I will ever face that there isn't already a God-given promise that we can't declare that will enable us to build our lives and declare His purpose over the situation you're quite facing. There is no problem that you and I will ever face that there isn't already a promise in God's Word that wants you to build a life that goes above that and beyond that and moves through that. We will face problems, but there's not a problem we'll face that His promises haven't already Declare that you are in a position that He is more than an overcomer in your life. That the power of the... power of the He's he's enough. He's just straight up enough. (laughs) Come on, it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take taking off the identity of sickness, taking off the identity of lake. Take that thing off, lay it down and let it be a platform for Jesus to walk on in. Take off the hardship of your marriage. Take off the waywardness of your kids. Take off the sorrow. Take off the anxiety. Lay it down. Don't let that identify you. And people go, I don't know who that person is. doesn't matter who it is. What they are is a person who praises Him, enables a foundation for God to walk on in and do what He was destined to do. Let there be a sacrifice of praise. Come on, you got sickness. Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, all my soul. Forget not His benefits. He who forgives all your sins and heals all your 
diseases. We're anxious, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Come on, who is more than able to give you peace beyond understanding? Got fear? Come on, you've not been given a spirit of fear. But one of power, love and a sound mind. You're lacking in resource. Come on, the young lion suffers want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You're tired and worn out, Matthew 11. Come to me, all who are weary. You're burdened, I'll give you rest. Come on, His Word is full of promises for you. And even if you don't feel it, you've got to declare it. Even if you don't see it, come on, you've got to say it. You've got to give room for God to move. You've got to get that key and unlock it and enable God to do something that only He can do. Come on, there's a promise for your problem. Don't stop praising God in the midst of your problems. Come on, don't let, don't be telling, uh, don't let, don't be telling God how big your mountain is. Tell the mountain how big your God is. Come on, be in a position that you're declaring to it, you're speaking to it. So I want to do real quickly two things. How do we praise in the promise? How do we praise in the promise? One, I believe we start with the words thank you. If you want to learn how to praise in the midst of your challenges, in your prayer life, start with thank you. Thank you for making me sick. Wrong answer. Thank you that I'm sad. Doesn't work. Thank you, Lord. That your word says that you don't command anyone to be sick. You don't give sickness to any person. Your word tells me that. And so when I look at the fact that I've surrendered my life to you, yet the sickness is on my life, and I wonder, what are you doing to me? I understand you're not doing anything to me to make me sick. That's not a good, good father. Because who you are is a healer. Who you are is a deliverer. Who are is the helping God that I'm able to lean on. So now I can go, thank you, Lord, that even though I'm sick, you are a good, good Father, that you are someone that heals, that by your stripes, Lord, I can stand in that, that the victory is already won. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that right now the valley that I'm in isn't the place I'm going to stay. Before in the valley, you prepare a table before my enemies. Come on, you enable my cup to overflow. You, you enable me to be in a place of provision. And God, I thank you that the valley is only a season. I thank you, you want to take me through. I thank you, Lord, when I can't walk, you carry. I thank you, Lord, that when I boast of my weakness, you become my strength. Come on, start with thank you. Come on, people, we can't just pray, God, I need this, I need this. Where are you on that? And where are you on that? No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, you're with me. Thank you, Lord, I'm alive today. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, you've given me breath because if I've got breath in my lungs, I can praise you. <laughs> I choose to lift your name. The second thing is get a promise. Get a promise for your problem. Google it. I mean, it seems profound. Hang on, we can't use technology. Google it. We Google everything. We Google how to get to places. We Google how much petrol's in an engine. We Google like everything. We Google like so much stuff with your little kids. We Google interesting things in our family at times. We Google stuff, but at the same time, we don't Google that which could actually help us. I don't know about you, but I struggle to remember Scripture. Pastoral confession. I wish I was in a walking Bible, but I'm not. I'll get some of the words. I won't tell you where it is, but it's in there. And it might join up with another promise. Woohoo, two and one. You know, like, I might not know where it is, but I can everywhere I am have promises in my hand. Why don't we use this to Google promises? We Google everything else. We Google what food Uber Eats can deliver us. We Google so much stuff, but we don't Google what spiritual food we can get right now in this situation. You can Google anything. 
It's just awesome. So good. God's promises for sorrow. I looked this up just before the service. God's promises for sorrow. Okay, 40 scriptures on promises when you're feeling sorrowful. Oh, awesome. John 14. No, I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. Oh, that's good. This is great. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Woohoo! This is, this is awesome. This is way better than YouTube. Psalm 30. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You've got a handful of promises. Get a promise. Google it. Get a promise. Get a promise. And when you face stuff, just declare the promise. Declare the promise. Come on, praise is not too fast songs. Praise is not just thanking God for His faithfulness. Praise is actually a faith builder because we declare that which is yet seen to be as if it is. It's a faith builder. It's a faith statement. We have been given the name above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Come on, we've been given that promise. The Bible says in that scripture, it says that God gave him that name. And we in our situations, in our circumstances, we need to keep giving him the name above every name. Come on, we've got to keep giving him that name. Keep giving him that name. And I want to close with this. They went to get the cult and they had to say that the Lord needs it. I want to tell you quickly, the Lord needs your praise. The Lord needs your praise. What's amazing, he says, go and untie it. If asked, declare the Lord needs it. Sometimes people are going to say, how can you be so positive? How can you be so happy? How can you be so uh, enlightened in a moment that seems so hard? Because <laughs> the Lord needs it. <laughs> but what was amazing is that the Lord needed it, not for the Lord. The Lord needed the donkey to be able to ride in on a promise to fulfill that which was commanded by God for Jesus' purpose here on earth is to make a way for us to know the Father. So the promise and the praise wasn't for Jesus. It was to enable Jesus to do something for us. The Lord needs your praise, not for you just to praise God. It actually needs, He needs his, our praise for what He can do for us. <laughs> We're not quite getting it. The Lord needs it, not for what it does for Him, but what it enables Him to do for us. The Lord needs it, not for what it does for Him, but what it enables Him to then do in return for us. They needed the donkey for what Jesus could do, not for, that, for Him, but what Jesus could do, which enabled Him to then be the Saviour of the world for us. And in the same way, the Lord needs it. As Moses was in the battle, it was in a position where they were fighting the Israelites are fighting and as long as Moses' hands were raised, as long as his hands were raised, God would fight. But when his hands dropped, the Canaanites would take territory. How long have our hands been dropped? How long is God's hands tied? And He's going, come on, I need it. I just need you to call me in. I feel like he's in a ring and we're in a fight with an enemy at times and he's on the sideline as your partner going, just tag me in. Seriously, tag me in and I will suplex this situation. Just tag me in. Tag me in. I'm telling you, the Lord needs us to tag him in. No more with our hands in the puppet just wondering, God, where are you? What are you doing? Why am I like this? No, no, the question is not why. The question is declared, thank you. That although I'm in this situation, though I'm facing this, I declare I'm tagging you in. 
to do what I can't do on my own, to enable that which I can't make happen, to let You be the God of my life, the Lord of the situation, to do what only You can do. I'm tagging in. For I understand the Lord needs it because as long as my hands are raised, He's able to fight on my behalf. As long as our hands are raised. What's awesome is that His hands were raised because Aaron and her stood alongside Him in His weakness, they lifted His hands. I'm telling you right now, if we want to live a life of praise, we need each other. We need each other. Come on, in our weakness, we need someone alongside us who's going to lift our hands at times. We believe in groups meeting every single week, doing life together. Why? Because we need each other to lift each other's hands, to lift each other's eyes, to help people see afresh again. Come on, it's not as bad as it seems. Come on, help us lift our hands and again, freshly praise. If you're not in a group, you got to get in a group. God won that victory because He had people around His life. We need people around our lives, come on, that are going to lift our perspective, lift our hands and get us in the place of the priority of praise. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.